0: Recording live from the Inwood Film Festival in Inwood, New York City, welcome to this very special edition of Inwood Artworks on Air. We are recording this podcast for the first time in front of a live audience who have just finished screening the award winning film The Whale to kick off the sixth annual Inwood Film Festival. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and I have the pleasure of speaking with local Inwood resident, playwright, and screenwriter of the film. Samuel D. Hunt. Thank you so much for being here tonight. What do you think about the whale? That applause wasn't for me, by the way, it was for you, okay? <laughs> um, so, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you again for attending our opening night of the Inwood Film Festival here. Can't believe we're still here after six years. And um, just formally, you saw him earlier with, his, uh, with John and Francis. And now I will formally introduce Samuel D. Hunter here. You know, your neighbor, Sam, right here, OK, from Inwood, all right? Um, so we're, we're very, very thankful that he gave the time here to be here tonight with us. Um, I'm your other, your other neighbor, Aaron, from Park Terrace West as well, and, uh, and 218. Um, and so, yeah. Um, we were just kind of saying like, uh, I remember saying when I first thought, my wife Melissa and I were watching this, uh, this film in December. And, and, I, and I remember reaching out to you shortly after, going like, great job, man. What do you think about doing this at the film festival? You're like, like an hour later, yeah, man, absolutely. It was like a very short conversation. Well, that was a very short deal, cool. And then it went on, like the, it just, it, it did catch on. Um, obviously, and uh, uh, it's just been quite a ride, and he was just kind of saying to me off the cuff earlier, it's like, you know, this may be the last kind of conversation in Q&A you might have about the whale, right? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we'll see, um, but um, you know, uh, well, first off, thank you for giving us this wonderful film, and...
1: Uh, thank you for having me. And and, <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I was saying, like, and, you know, I... Um, I went to the party with like my husband and my daughter, and then one of the movies going on, I went home and cooked them dinner and walked my dog, and then came here. It's like perfect I would, I would just, Everything I write, I was like, took them here right here.
0: Just, yeah. Deal. Have your agent call me in the morning, all right? I'm not negotiating anything less than free. Uh, okay. Uh, but but that's how but that's to me that's the essence of the Inwood Film Festival in itself. Like we're a platform using using we're using film as a platform to bring the community together. So how great is that that he can do that and come back here and hang with you all and me. Um, so um, you know maybe you don't know this, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't just like this film festival. So Sam has been part of our awards committee. Since the very since the second Inwood Film Festival, and so he's watched hundreds of films, (laughs) like you, like many of you have. How many of you have been here since the very first film festival? Raise your hand. Oh my goodness, that's a good like thirty people or so. That's fantastic. How many is your first film festival in Inwood? That's awesome. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for both of y'all to come. Y'all coming. Um, But uh, so um, so you've seen. You've been on the IFF awards committee. Since, I think, our second annual festival. And um, how has this, I want to hear from your point of view, how has the festival progressed? Digressed? You tell me straight up. Any favorites? Let me hear it from you.
1: Well, I, I, I was saying this to you earlier that the weird thing was that even though I've been on the judging committee for about five years, six years, whatever really yeah. long it's been, like, I, I, this is the first time I've ever physically been able to come to the festival because for whatever reason, I've been able to. Watch all the films, but I haven't made, been like physically in New York City when the festival happened, and so this is the first time that I'm actually here, and so it's like, oh, like, I mean, it's just this kind of beautiful like uh, uh, event for me to actually come here physically, and, and I will say that I think I said this to you earlier that like the um th- there was always such vibrant, interesting storytelling going on, but like it felt like every year it just like kicked up a notch. Like, every single year, including this year, I was just sort of like, holy cow, there's such vibrant storytelling going on in this part of the city, which, like, I mean, one of the reasons, my husband and I moved here 12 years ago, 13 years ago, and, uh, and I'll be really honest, like, when we moved here in 2010, I was not an off-Broadway playwright, uh, and we moved here because we could rent a studio apartment for $1,000, <laughs> and, and it, was, it felt like New York was kicking us out. And, and and this was like the only neighborhood that we truly loved that we we're like felt like we could afford. Um, and then just like yes, yes. And and you know from then we just like fell in love with it. And and now we're you know we have our home at the Park Terrace Gardens with our kid and our dog. And and I'm kind of rambling a little bit, forgive me. But but um, I'll go get
0: a coffee and I'll be yeah. back. <laughs> but it does
1: feel like I don't know like like. Uh, Finally, being able to come here uh, is hugely meaningful to me. But also, just seeing the film festival kind of virtually yeah. flourish from afar and just being like, "Wow, like it's it's you know what you've done here is is so incredible."
0: Uh, Thank you. Well, I I appreciate that, but but that is just it's it's so just again validating and affirming that you know. This film festival is for everybody, and it's, for, and it's, for, it's specifically for this community. And, and I, I, Sam hit on a point that I wanted to make sure I reiterate: is that like by doing this, by it, like this is like the, galva- the galvanizing place that people come to see and, and see creative people create. And I think, you know, the next three days, like we're just getting started, right? We're going to have three more days of like twenty-seven to 26 more films yeah. that are just going to be really wonderful, as he just kind of gave you a, a taste for. Um, and um, they may not be, uh, you know, uh, by A24, uh, but uh, you might be in about five, six, seven, eight, ten years. You never know. Uh, and so that, I think that's really great. This is like the hotbed for creativity and, uh, and keep encouraging that. It's fantastic. Um, so very much appreciate your comments on that. Uh, do you have any favorites you've seen in these shorts or do you anything sticks with you? I am really
1: partial to like the short docs about people who live in the neighborhood like like God I, I just like I, I, and I don't think it's just because I live in this neighborhood it's just sort of like those like really like hyper focused poetic little portraits of the people who live around here like the guy who um, I think he passed away recently the bird, the James Yes. yeah, yes, The, the Birdman like, of like, Inwood. Like like those documentaries are just sort of like, I just feel like um, these are little gems in the neighborhood yeah. of the reveal are just like, really well. Really
0: and we amazing. have documentary porches, this festival. Come check it out tomorrow, I believe. Um, well, let's move forward a little bit from the film festival to your work, um, and particularly let's focus on the whale because we got to give it its due. Um, where did the idea from the story come from?
1: So, um, I, I wrote the play a really long time ago. Yeah. I wrote it in, I started writing in 2009. Um, I was in my late 20s, I, I, and it really came from the fact that I was teaching, like like Charlie does in the movie, I was teaching expository writing. Um, I, I think it was right before we moved to Inwood, actually. Uh, we were living in a legal sublet in Hell's Kitchen on 49th. Uh, fifth floor walk-up with like one of those floors, that, like if you put a ball on the floor, it just rolled down. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I was teaching both my husband, and my then boyfriend, now husband, and I were teaching his foster writing and uh, essay writing. And it, it, it was awkward for me because it felt really anathema to my work as a playwright you know, I was telling these these kids to depersonalize everything and be more objective and take themselves out of it um, which is a skill but also, like, feels very different from the work that I was passionate about and at a certain point uh, I forget which class it was, but I I just got frustrated with the syllabus that was, like, handed down to me from, you know, it was like a, a cattle call of a class, I mean, it was like state requirements, so it was like, you know, I was one of 50 people who was teaching um, and, uh, and I got frustrated at one point and, and was just like, please, just like, write me something honest, I don't care what it is. Just like write me something like Charlie does in the movie. Uh, and I had a, a student write me a line that, that ended up in the play and the, the film, which was, I think I need to accept that my life isn't going to be very exciting. Uh, and it, it really just kind of broke me open a little bit. and, and and, uh, and, and you know, at the time, I was um, in the Juilliard playwriting program, uh, and so I, you know, I was desperately trying to be a playwright. I was just starting to see some of my plays be produced off Broadway, uh, and I thought, can I write a play about an expository writing teacher trying to break through to a young person, which doesn't sound like a good idea at all. Uh, <laughs> but but, and I started writing a play that bears very little resemblance to the whale. Uh, about a teacher and a student, and it just didn't, I just couldn't figure it out, it just felt too intellectual, it felt too up in the air. Um, And so then, uh, I just decided to put some more personal stuff on the line um, in writing, in the storytelling, and you know, Charlie lives in the town where I grew up in, in Northern Idaho. you know, I grew up gay in this town and I went to a fundamentalist Christian school that is much like the church where Thomas comes from. Uh, and for years I self-medicated with food. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously it's not autobiographical, but I think Charlie's story is one that like could have been me very easily. Um, so I kind of just brought all that personal stuff to bear, and it was really vulnerable at first. Like, I remember when I was writing the first draft, I was I was like, maybe this is just for me, maybe this is just like something I'm going to put on my hard drive and not share with anybody else. um, But I kind of tentatively brought some of the pages to writers that I was in, uh, and very slowly just started to develop it into a full length. And The first production was actually not here in New York, it was at the Denver Center, um, starring local Inwood actor, Tom Allen Robbins, who lives in Parterre's Gardens. He did the original Charlie in, in uh, the Denver Center. Um, and uh, after that, it went to Playwrights Rising in, in New York, which is where Darren is
0: Well, thank you for that very honest and open and vulnerable answer. And uh, uh, it's really... I, I always feel like... It's, I mean, this is what it's all about, knowing where it comes from, right? Because I think we all have those stories. We're all Charlie in many ways. And we all, we've all we all had our Charlie moments, right? And I think that that's why this film is such, it, it resonates so so deeply for all of us. Um, which <laughs> I want to take it to a slip, maybe a somewhat lighter note. Are you friends with all your Charlie, uh, so all your... Um, all your leads from your shows yeah. because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, you put them through the ringer, my friend. Yeah, uh, I mean, does Brendan Fraser call you up going, You're gonna pay for my gym membership? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> funny, I, you I it was funny. I actually did
1: this incredibly sweet thing. Like, it was only like I said a week after the Oscars, he texted me and he was sort of like, How are the guys who did the play in, like before in like Chicago, New York, and Denver? How are they doing? I'm really interested in how how interesting yeah that after having that incredibly large worldwide stage moment that he was like thinking of the people who built it you know and and really like um yeah it's 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 a testament to him
0: yeah what a thoughtful guy and 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 just deserves for his rewards for the performance he gave right i mean i think everyone was rooting for him in life forget rewards right I think he's just a sweet guy. Yeah, he's
1: no, a, all, all the rumors are true. He really is just the most generous human being.
0: Yeah, right. He yeah. sends his regrets <laughs> everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, can you talk a little bit about the difference of writing for the, the screen versus the stage? And you can use the whale as an example if you'd like to, yeah. um, or you could obviously TV8. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I,
1: you know, Darren saw the play in 2012 and contacted me shortly thereafter, and and really, like, I had not done any, maybe in college I did a little bit, but I had not done any screenwriting when Darren first contacted me. Um, and so when I started writing the script of the movie, it was like, the, the screenwriting was very, very new for me. However, in the ten years since, I have done a lot more screenwriting of Soul pilots, I wrote, like, 10 episodes on a TV show. I, you know, I, I have um, gotten my feet way more wet as a screenwriter um, in, in the time since. And I think like with the whale specifically, I, it, the whale's curious because, and I don't think this is ever going to really happen to me because like A, it, it it retains the exact spine of the original play, storytelling wise. Um, uh, and B, Darren shot it work for which I which is like, and I was on set the entire time. Working with it. I mean, it, like, I don't, I don't think that's that's never going to happen again. Um,
0: uh, or maybe now it will. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you go Darren Aronofsky, did every word. Why don't you do that?
1: you <laughs> will <Right. laughs> <laughs> like, don't be like, you're the writer. We don't care. <laughs> 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 uh, but but uh, I mean, I think like it's so much of the translation of the whale from the stage to the screen taught me so much about screenwriting, but also, I think, in a very healthy way, allowed me to push against some of the, like, quote-unquote rules of screenwriting that in. I remember like one of the first things that Darren did is he gave me a copy of um, The Writer's Journey, which is, uh, you know, all you know, the Hero's Journey stuff, you know, and, and I remember reading it and Darren was like, you know, use this as a rubric And I started, and I just was like, I cannot do it. Like, I I just very quickly, I was like, my brain doesn't work this way. I I know it works, but like, and and if it's helpful to you, then great. Um, And even on set, Terry would say things like, Who's the second gatekeeper? And I'd just be like, dude, that is your stuff.
0: (laughs) 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 Like, are we playing Dungeons & Dragons? What's wrong with you? (laughs)
1: But but at the end of it, it just kind of felt like madness to me. And i was Uh just sort of like, I can't write that way. I have to write from a place that is character-centric. Not sort of like, well, what's going to happen on page 30? To you know, like, what's the Rube Goldberg machine of causality that's going to keep the audience interested? I'm just like, I can't. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't think about
0: it stuff. But you found a way to collaborate. Where was we your did, yeah. where was your common ground?
1: Well I think it was because we we both had so much faith in the story, but yet we're such different storytellers. Huh. And, and so but I think like our Venn events really met with like something like a wrestler, which is like such an intimate specific character portrait, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I think like um, and we never there was never any conflict in our collaboration. Like we were always like very, very very much on the same page. I think because like He knew that I knew the characters and I knew that he knew how to make a movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, And so, even when we were on set, it's not like I ever, like, I marveled at his filmmaking abilities, but at the same time, I was not shy about rushing onto set and be like, no, you're not angry, you know, (laughs) or whatever, you know, or like, uh, you know, this is what the scene is about, or, or something like that.
0: And did you know you were writing for Brendan when you were writing the screenplay? Or was uh, it a no, cast yet? No, okay. no. I wrote,
1: I wrote the screenplay, and we didn't, or, or rather, Darren, to his credit, Darren didn't have the idea about Brendan until, um, gosh, it was like right around the beginning of 2020, like January 2020, I got an email from Darren saying, what do you think about Brendan Fraser? Um, and it was the first name that Darren had brought to me, and so I knew he was really, really serious. Uh, and I knew that he'd been looking at a ton of actors, but but um, you know at this point I thought the movie was deader than
0: dead. You know, it had been like seven years. Yeah, just so you know, this thing was an option. When, when was the first option?
1: It was option in early 2013. Yeah. So I mean it been you know, and he re upped the option every eighteen months for five thousand dollars or whatever it was, you know. And and um, I remember the last time he re upped the option, he called me and I almost said no because I was just like Come oh, on, man! Like it's been <laughs> seven years. Like, yeah. Um, but but uh, and there were other directors that were close by it, you know, has, because he has a production company, and so like,
0: you know, like when he kind of lost
1: interest in it for a little bit, he made Mother. Uh, right. There were a few different directors who came into its orbit, but 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 none of those directors really like all of them really wanted to change it. They wanted to open it up, where I was sort of like, I actually don't think this story makes sense if we leave this two-bedroom apartment. I realize that that like, violates a lot of like rules of the cinema, but I don't think the story makes sense if we open it up. It just doesn't. Like, like I think, you know, if we were to see Ellie at school, or Liz at work, or Mary at home, it, it just it takes away so much of the tension. Uh, and, and also so much of this story is just like living with this person and this person is, can't leave his right. two-bedroom apartment, and so neither should be. Right. You know?
0: Well, I'm glad you stuck to your guns and I'm glad he listened to you and you have a beautiful film to show for it. So, <laughs> so, I want to actually ask the audience if they'd like to uh, perhaps contribute a question or two. Uh, while we wrap things up, and uh, I will I will reiterate where the question is. Yes, right in the very last row. Are you from Lewiston? No, Are I'm not from Lewiston.
1: Uh, I'm from Moscow, which is right near Lewiston. I grew up in Clarkson. Oh my God. <laughs> I have a play called Lewiston, Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, it was a rattlesnake, like, rattlesnake Theater downtown downtown four years ago. <laughs> yeah, and my dad. Uh, Recently retired, but he was an emergency room physician at St. Joseph Lewiston for oh, 40 okay. years. So, yeah. Well, we'll just all go to Lewiston and talk about that for a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very fun, very fun. Uh, yes, Miss. Thank you
1: so
0: much. such a beautiful Thank you. with my mother, and I just had a daughter. I have a daughter too. She's fine.
1: oh that's oh, really good. everybody heard that
0: great so the question was um did he revise as, as a parent um, and his daughter did he revise the play at all after having his daughter? so
1: I, I wrote the play my daughter's only five and a half so I wrote the play you know five six years before she was born but um I think I always knew I wanted to be a dad I didn't know specifically that I would have a daughter um so it was like as I was revising the play or the screenplay over the last few years, it was really, it was a very different experience than writing about fatherhood in theory, whereas, like, I had, you know, like, writing about fatherhood, now having a lot of practice at it. And I think, like, the thing that shifted a little bit between the play and the screenplay was, like, the idea that he left his daughter, yes, Mary kept him away. But, you know, as Mary points out in the movie, and I don't think she does in the play, like, you were happy to leave us for a while and, like, play house or whatever the line is. And that, that line wasn't in the uh, play because I think, like, the idea of walking away from the daughter, like, now the idea of walking away from my daughter, even if, you know, my partner was insisting upon it, is, is like, I can't consider anything more devastating. And, I, 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 and so I think, like, I really had to wrap my mind way more holistic way around that
0: very complicated
1: decision, you know, and so I think there's a lot more dialogue in the movie about like, I can't believe I left you behind, I can't believe, it. you know what I mean, it just because like that is such a, that had so much more meaning for me, personally. So I probably wouldn't have written it now because I would have been too scared to write it, you know what I mean? Uh, yes. Um, when you mentioned earlier when you want to focus on the characters in his room, in his home, I think it's very courageous of you to write about a character who has a physical difference, who struggles with a physical or some difference, because I think the industry needs to be educated. Mm-hmm. And I think it's
0: amazing that he did. And my question for you, did you help with the casting or the casting took over? Question is did he help with the casting or did a casting director take over? Uh, I I
1: didn't help with the casting. Um, I and, and to your earlier point about like, you know, Hollywood embracing physical difference, you know, uh, I mean it was something we we talked about a lot, you know, when the play has been done now many, many, many times, it's been translated in many languages, it's been done you know, over the world, and, and it's been done with actors of many different sizes. And I think like, one, of the, one of the really gratifying things that I've heard about the play is like, actors who are larger, who are like, I never get to play main roles. You know. Like, uh, uh, and Brendan, you know, like, he, he's, 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 he's... I shouldn't talk about the size of his body. His weight has gone up and down. He was not a small man when he did this movie. And like that, you know, like for many people it was like, oh, Brendan is not in a physical place where he could play a main character or play, you know, an Oscar contending role. And and I'm and, you know, part of what makes me so happy about this is sort of like they're we're shifting the narrative on that a little bit and being like you don't have to look like Matt Damon in order to give a really, really brilliant performance, you know. Um, but no, I wasn't involved in the casting. I will say that the uh so when Darren had the idea for Brendan, we got together in a theater, the uh, uh, St. Mark's Theater on, on St. Mark's, <laughs> uh, in in early 2020, and we did a reading. And uh, it's, it's funny, because I knew Brendan from like the Mummy movies and stuff like that, and so when, when I met him, I didn't even recognize him, to be honest, I and mean, he, he looked just so different from what I remembered. Um, but he did the reading, uh, with the screenplay, and actually, Sadie Sink was in the reading too. Um, but he was so incredible that I think, like Darren and I, look at each other and we were just sort of like, he understands this role in such a deep, authentic way. I mean, I, I mean, it was just undeniable.
0: Well, there's something too about. Seasons of your life as well, and being at the being a right time for you as an actor to approach a role at a certain time in your life. I mean, when he was doing the Mummy movies, this probably, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, this probably wasn't a film in his wheelhouse at that time. you know what I mean? Though no, I will say
1: he did do Gods and Monsters
0: back then. Yes, he did with Which, with like, and McKellen. Yes, yes, yes he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we well, had school ties too. He, he had a lot he of dramas. Ties, but yeah. you
1: know, but like, but especially Gods and Monsters. I mean, that's yeah. a a play written and directed by a gay man that has a gay storyline. That, like, I mean, he could have done almost anything he wanted back You're then. right. And, and instead, he did that movie, which is just sort of like a, a real testament to Reddit.
0: Absolutely. But, but he, has, he, has a, remember, he, he started very young as an actor. Yeah. I mean, he's been around for a very long time. But uh, yeah, happy he was here with it. Yes. Hi, my is
1: Michael. I was to ask two questions, but um, if you
0: did something. But I want to say this, man. As an actor, I um, loved the way you wrote that, and especially when you said it word for word.
1: It's amazing, and I'm in this place searching your next job so I can work on it to say those words. I want to say those words to those characters. Thank you. You, right, man. Seriously. Thank you so much. This is
0: my third time watching. Oh. Wow, so nice compliment. Third time watching the film. Big compliment to Sam. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll do like two more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Adam? Yeah, so are there any other plays in your catalog you're thinking to make this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even a consideration from the beginning to scan your plays from being in it. So, out of his wide uh, overview of, uh, of the Hunter Diaspora, are there any other film, uh, plays licensed? Uh, for production for film.
1: I, I mean I would love it. I mean like you know if only Darren Aronofsky showed up at every point in the road and said I'll make it into a film. But you think, I mean, this is something like I love film. I, I absolutely love film. It was my first love growing up in Idaho. I did not have access to new writing in the American theater.
0: You know, like I I, I got interested
1: in the story by I got interested in storytelling by like, plundering the cult classic section at my local VHS rental store and watching like Racerhead. And, and movies like that, but that's got what got me interested, but like, you know, back then like my parents' camp sucked, and so it was like much easier for me to write a play and get some gracious, gracious local actors to like, you know, get together and tell a story, and then I just kind of fell in love with playwriting, and, and, and I mean, I actually don't think, like sometimes people put like plays and film and kind of an adversarial position, I don't feel that way at all, the reason that I keep writing plays is because it's a writer-centric you know what I mean? In a way that like film just is not, you know, like the fact that Darren shop is word for work, like I said, is always common. I mean it's a yeah. very once in a while yeah. thing, whereas in theater, you know, like, uh, I created a play a year ago uh, down signature in New York City so uh, on 42nd Street called The Existence of God, and, you know, it was like, thank you, <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> that first, that's Sam's mom, just so you know, in the audience tonight. Go ahead, Sam. You're on Broadway, like a one person. But that's the thing, though. Some, 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 some... Well, there you go. You. There you go.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't th- th- tell anybody like else to it. <laughs> you know, have so much autonomy. As a playwright, that like you know that plays two guys sitting in a cubicle for 90 minutes and they don't stand up until the last 10 minutes. I mean nobody would let me make, make that as a movie, you know. In the same way, if Darren Aronofsky hadn't directed this, like if there was sort of like a guy in his apartment for two hours and you know like nobody would make that movie unless it was Darren making the movie. So so the thing that sorry this is a very rambling answer I'm sorry but like the thing that keeps me going it keeps me. Writing plays is the freedom and the autonomy that I have. If I found that freedom and autonomy in film, I'd do it all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of like break it down because we're both theater and film guys here is that, you know, in theater, the playwright is king. You know, you're, and so in film, the director is king. It's a very much a director's medium. Uh, So that's kind of, that's kind of the, the unfortunately the rules of the road right for the, for the most part so what you saw here was an anomaly but guess what maybe we had more examples like this we'd have more wonderful shows like the all, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all right um and i think uh i think we're going to leave it at that um we thank you sam for giving up your time and talent here at the england film festival um and it just you know quote my wife, who would have thunk it? I mean, to be able to kick off the Inwood Film Festival with the whale and um, and and just, you know, just going just right up the street. Hey, want to do a show? Sure, why not? You know? It's just, but that's Inwood, right? That's our neighborhood. That's how wonderful it is. And so, um, thank you again, Sam. Thank you, all of you. Give yourself a round of applause for being here tonight. Yeah. And um, we invite you to come out afterwards. There's cake to enjoy for all. Enjoy. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and special thanks to Samuel D Hunter for joining me on this first ever live podcast recording before a thrilled, emotional, and engaged audience at the sixth annual Inwood Film Festival. This is Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where I meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating, reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Many thanks to Columbia University and the good folks here at the Campbell Sports Center here in Inwood, New York City, for hosting us and to HeightSites.com for local uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate or via Venmo. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Inwood Artworks, to keep up with all we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks South Fresco, pop-up art galleries, live performances, and so much more. Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York State Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council and Inwood Artworks programming is made possible by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the Office of the Governor and the New York State Legislature. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.